Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021, and this is Radio Wave. What you're about to hear is a broadcast which originally aired on November the 11th, 2010. Now we're looking at a time frame of a little bit over 10 years ago. Why the relevancy and why are we airing this for you now? It's important to understand what a friend of Medjugorje and the special guest who will be joining him on the broadcast that you will hear, what they speak about in terms of the future. Ten years ago, what we've lived through since that period of time has passed gives us one more reason why we should be spiritually and physically preparing for the future. While they do speak about silver, this is not in the context of a metronomics broadcast, but rather in the context of looking at the reality of the world around us and what's happening at this moment in these timeless words, which we first heard a little bit over ten years ago. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje, November the 11th, 2010. Well, I've got an interview that we have with Daniel Vision. of Chief, He's the Chief Economic Analysis of the National Inflation Association. Daniel, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me on. Daniel, if you can give us a synopsis of what National Inflation Association does and what y'all's role is as far as what you hope to accomplish. The National Inflation Association uh, has been organized to prepare Americans for a breakout in hyperinflation. We believe that could happen in five days, could happen in five years. We don't know. There are a lot of things that could kick it off, but certainly everything is already in place for the massive destruction of the U.S. currency. Uh, the currency has already been devalued significantly when you price it against real things, and we're already entering an, in a, a stage where we are actually already hyperinflating the currency with trillions of dollars of stimulus, bailouts and commitments, as well as unsustainable borrowing from the federal government. So we've already reached that point of massive money creation, and that is actually the definition of inflation. A lot of people immediately think of prices, but inflation is actually just the increase in the money supply. Prices going up is a result of inflation. So that's why you can see all of this inflation over the last 18 months and you haven't seen prices have a major move until now. And now we're seeing the result of all that inflation. And, of course, the inflation isn't slowing down. With QE2, they're accelerating the inflation, and that means we're just going to see right prices continue to rise and the currency continue to be devalued. You know, Daniel, we are strong in agriculture here and encouraging people to go to subsistence farming, not something to make profit on, but something to feed yourself. 
We believe that's one of the greatest securities and homeland security you can have for the future. We know what corn prices are because we buy it. We know what's going on in the commodities. And people out there need to, to look at that to see what's coming tomorrow. Your comment on that. The unintended consequence, uh, or maybe it's the intended consequence, is everything we need is going to cost more. So now people's paychecks have been cut, they've been laid off, and now instead of having a normal deflationary cycle where everything else goes down when you lose your job or, or lose some pay, uh, we're seeing the opposite. You lose your job, and now you've got to pay more at the grocery store when you have less money. But, Daniel, so, we're living in a modern age, scientific studies of economics and everything and all our inventions. Somebody's going to come and save the day. This is so doom and gloom. <laughs> well, I mean, unless <laughs> look, look at it this way. The Internet invention changed the world. It created 20 million jobs over 10 years. So we already have 25 million people unemployed or underemployed. So, you know, we would need some type of Internet invention just to absorb in the next 10 years the people who've already been laid off. This doesn't include population growth and college graduates who are already ready to find a job. So, you know, short of something like that, uh, and again, it would have to be bigger than the invention of the Internet, because remember, it created 20 million jobs. We've got 25 million already un- unemployed. And this, you just made my point. We're so used to always being saved by the skin of our teeth. We're at the end, people. You've got to really understand that stats don't lie. You think Starbucks or you think Walmart's going to be good at two-shoes and, and postpone their increases? Nobody in, in, with common sense can see that, that an operation as big as Walmart can forestall that. It's going to hit you. So the thing is, is what have you been doing about it? What are you going to do about it? And that's where we've been speaking for years about this, to, to ready yourself, prepare yourself, and to be thinking different, out of the box. Don't go and be stay glued to the system. Daniel, what do y'all put out as far as what steps people should be taking right now? Well, the first and foremost thing, if, if someone's just learned about this, you have to prepare your household for an, a massive increase in the grocery store as well as shortages. Because as the U.S. dollar slowly kind of dissolves out of its status of being re- world reserve currency, Americans are going to have to pay a lot more for commodities. And uh, right now, we're 5% of the world, but because we have the world reserve currency, we're able to consume 50% of the world's resources. So that's going to change. So prices are inevitably going to go up no matter what. Well, Daniel, people are so far from really knowing that we're fed so much, we're so passive, we take what, what is. I know it may sound simple, but explain what commodity is. Well, commodity is basically like a uh, you, you, corn is a commodity, cows are commodities, metals are commodities. Uh, commodities are something that's not man-made. You know, fiat currency is a paper currency made by man. A commodity currency like gold and silver, something that would be made by God. It's a finite resource from the earth. This is exactly what the philosophy of what we've been teaching people to get ready and have moved many people and encouraged people to downsize their house, get rid of the mortgage, move in a mobile home with some land is better than being in a house that's out mortgage beyond what you're going to be able to hold and can't feed yourself. And we have people moving for, and I'm saying this, Daniel, for your sake, know where we're coming from. We've had many, many people do that. We had the story recently of somebody sold a $350,000 dream home, moved into $100,000 with the equity, and bought some property with it. This is how you need to be thinking out of the box. You need to be thinking these ways and what Daniel just said about your shortages of food. And I was, of course, being sardonic about somebody's going to come save us. This is what 
God's saying, see, you got to start seeking first God's kingdom. Everything else will be given you besides. But that doesn't mean to possess the mentality that, okay, well, I'll just do that, and God's going to take care of me. You've got to have some practical sense, just like the bird he promised to feed has to get out at the crack of dawn to go find the worm God provided. He works for that. He digs for it. He pulls it and flies it back to the nest for the little ones. Don't expect everything's just going to go in the mentality that most people possess today. Well, somebody's going to take care of me. The government take care of me. The church used to take care of people, but now we've given that and delegated and relegated that to the government. And so who's going to be there? What's going to happen? Or Daniel, give, give us a picture of what will happen when this meltdown occurs. Well, it's, it's already starting. When it gets really ugly, we will see utility disruptions. We will see uh, disruptions in the gr- at the grocery stores. We could find some kind of, we will find some kind of new normal. And it's not going to be anything like we live in today. Right now, America lives in an illusion, and it's all borrowed prosperity. When you're on the freeway driving and you look to your right and to your left, everybody in, that ca- in their car, more than likely, has a financed car. They borrowed money to enjoy that good now. Same thing with the homes. You talk about people selling their homes and actually owning. That's the mentality people need to have, an ownership. Own it and and be independent, independent from the government. We don't need the banks. We don't need the government. You talk about people preparing. Most important thing to prepare for is, is food. Expand your pantry by 10 times. That's a good way to start. You know, I don't encourage people just to buy anything. Buy stuff that you eat and then... You also want to buy, you know, things that can last for a long time, that north of 10 years is like rice and stuff and beans. But we need to expand our pantry. We have, we don't store food like people used to because we have the convenience of swinging by the grocery store that's 10 minutes away and buying whatever we need. That thought process needs to be changed. You need to be independent. You need to know that the grocery store isn't always going to be there. I'm not saying it's going away forever. I'm just saying there are going to, there's going to be a time in this country when things get chaotic, and you do not want to be one of those people out there looking for food. You want to be at home or with your church or community that you've set up a plan with, and you want to be doing the things that are going to make you independent. Daniel, you've been listening to the show, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Okay, people, here you have somebody totally separate from us, segregated. We've just been introduced today. I just read some of the material saying the same thing we've been saying for, for actually 25 years we were into this. You know, we had people start making these moves 15 years ago. Don't depend on the dollar. Depend on what your wealth you can grow right out of your soil or right on your little sawmill. And we've done this. We're a model. We're a picture of the future as far as a, a Christian community. And I know Daniel's not familiar with it, but the, for our audience who is, the, the, Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, the message she gives is prepare yourselves, use this time well, so it might go good for you. And she's told us repeatedly that there's no future except for Jesus. She's told us and conveyed through her these messages that life is going to change from one moment to the next. And that leads me up to the question of you, Daniel. The difference from inflation to hyperinflation, when we wake up one morning, hyperinflation is occurring. What's going to happen in that next 12 hours in hyperinflation? It's, it's going to be massive. It's going to be radical change for Americans. Uh, once we lose our world reserve currency status, it's going to actually be a little worse than hyperinflation because we're going to see a currency collapse in this country. The U.S. dollar has been so stretched out, we could see a massive devaluation, even a controlled and planned devaluation, literally overnight, where prices double, and the next day they double again. So we're going to have such a a significant change in this country, it's almost hard to imagine. 
I'm not saying we're going into Mad Max for eternity. I'm saying uh, just like Germany and Japan had devastation in the 40s, America is about to go through an economic devastation. So, yes, there can be light, uh, you know, later, but the, the storm is what's going to separate people. And there's going to be, like I said, a lot of people. You know, it, it only takes a few people. If you guys are, have watched the U.K. riots, you know, 98% of the people that went out there were union workers out there to protest peacefully, and that 2% took advantage of that, and they started throwing rocks, and they started burning things, and all of a sudden, just like, you know, at a schoolyard, when two people were fighting, everybody forms that circle, all of a sudden uh, the United Kingdom had a major problem on their hand. They had all those people. They were storming through buildings and stuff. So don't be surprised if things are out of control, people are rushing to the grocery store, and you've got that small element in our society that really sparks things off, where you have shootings, you have uh, riots, and you don't have a response from the police, obviously, because they will be overwhelmed. Well, we've got a newsletter I put out. Uh, I spent a month writing. Usually I spend two, three days writing one. But, but the title of it is, What Will Your Future Look Like? It's a must-read, and some of the things you're hearing now is, is there. When you see it, you're going to understand it and see it much more clearer. Where is the safeguard in the future? Where is the security? Thomas Jefferson said, cultivators of the earth are the most valuable citizens. They are the most vigorous, the most independent, the most virtuous. They are tied to the country and wedded to the liberty and interest of the most lasting bonds. I saw in some of your material for National Inflation Association, the end of liberty. Can you explain that? Yeah, The End of Liberty was a documentary. Basically, we were looking just to do a small video on signs of a societal collapse. We ended up having thousands of people respond, and we ended up making an hour, uh, hour and 15-minute documentary. And it's basically, you know, people talk about, well, you know, it's not going to happen. It's going to keep going. I don't know if the current society we live in and the current direction we're going in, I don't think I really want to be a part of it anyway. We've got seven-year-olds on the no-fly list. We've got lemonade stands being shut down because they don't have a business license. We've got police checking unlocked cars in Florida to make sure the doors are locked. And if your doors aren't locked, they put a little flyer in there, say, reminding you to lock your door, and then they lock your door for you. So us as Americans, you know, you talk about Thomas Jefferson, we have lost the republic. We have lost our individual rights and freedoms Government has basically taken over our lives. Government regulates everything we do. People talk about a free market. The Federal Reserve Chairman, if he comes out with a statement saying he's going to create more money or saying he's going to cut interest rates, he moves prices for the entire country. Who would have ever thought, especially Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, that we would live in a country where one man could literally, by what he says, move prices for the entire country. And in fact, because of our reserve status, the entire world. So the End of Liberty documentary is literally showing signs, and it's basically a collage of stories, story after story after story, where government has just gone too far. It's amazing what you're saying, because really what we've been showing people is life as we know it is going to change. We're not going to, and you said something that, referred to. I don't, you don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to be part of the system as it is now. And the system is, it knows it's sick. The people out there know it's sick. Be a believer, non-believer, or whatever belief system you have, everybody knows that. So we're infatuated with exercise, eating properly. Everything was physical flesh. 
We're, we're looking for that. You know, lock your, your car doors, there's your seatbelt on. All these ridiculous things, which is a symptom or a reaction to a symptom that something's wrong, and it's really down in the soul because we don't have an economic problem. We don't have an economic recession or a depression. We have a, a spiritual recession, a spiritual depression. And scripturally, that works just as the Bible passage we always open up every Thursday, where if you seek God's kingdom, everything else works. And when you don't seek God's kingdom first, you seek your kingdom, everything won't work. And that's what the fruit of this is. That's the tree that's growing the fruit, where we're trying to fix everything through ridiculous laws and, and a loss of independence, and you've got to wear, you've got to lock your car doors now. It's a result of there's something wrong, and so we go to the most absurd things that we try to correct when that's not the problem at all. And so economically, too, it's, it's the same way. What we said before, you pray, you fast, and let God act. We've got to change our life spiritually. When we change that, everything's going to work. I know James Dobson, who founded his organization out in your neck of the woods in California, mm-hmm. he had promoted or interviewed somebody at one point that had done studies on 65 civilizations. Every single one of those civilizations failed when they are at our point. And so we're bankrupt morally. And because of that, we're going to be bankrupt economically. So life is going to change. There's no, there's no change in what's coming. What Daniel's talking about, what we've talked about for years, is unavoidable because its consequences to this immorality and the way we've done things and following greed to the most degradation things that happen in our thing, the church pulpits are weak. We are in for correction. It's just a natural result. It's natural law. We revert back. The Great Depression, 1929, was nothing more than a correction. Uh, back to real worth. And so what is real worth? Is seeking first God's kingdom. And so... Can you talk a little bit about the prices of what y'all have analyzed and how you came up with that? That's my question, too. I'd really like to know for myself of what grocery store prices may be looking at soon and what, and what the timetable y'all think it would be and why. Uh, well, our timetable is just over the next decade, but it's very hard to predict these things because price inflation can get out of control. Like I said, it could happen in five days or five years because we've already created so much inflation monetarily. As far as prices, corn hitting $11 and bread hitting $23, we come to this number, and, uh, you know, looking at this number, it could actually get a lot worse for Americans because of hyperinflation, but looking at just severe inflation, all we did was we took CPI, that's the way the government calculates inflation, and we used the 1980 CPI, so we were comparing apples with apples. So we took when prices really had, when we had really bad price inflation in the, in the late 70s, and you look at adjusted for the same price, just to be equal to the late 1970s when we had severe inflation, you adjust that number to what it would be today, to what it would be, you know, in a year from now. And, of course, if you use government CPI that they use today, it's much different than government CPI that they use 1980. So we actually use the older CPI. That way we can compare apples to apples uh, government CPI, this is the cost of living increase that they use for Social Security and stuff. They have uh, really messed with that, um, you know, to where they've used something called hedonics, and they do substitutions. So to put it in the simplest form for everybody, uh, basically the government used to have a basket of goods, and let's say steak was in those goods. And then the next year they'd see how much steak was, and that would let them know if we've got price inflation or price deflation. Well, in 1996, because inflation was starting to rise, the government said, well, why don't we do this? If that steak goes up, the next year, we'll replace it with hamburger meat. 
Now, that hamburger meat goes up, we'll replace it with uh, hot dogs. So basically, the government uh, came to the conclusion that if prices rose, you would buy something else. So in order to hide real price inflation, the government today, the way they calculate it, when you get that inflation number and it moves Wall Street, it, it's, a, it's a complete fraud. It's not, it's not giving you apples to apples. They simply take everything that goes up and they exchange it for things that aren't going up or things that are cheaper. The line. And so at this point in the broadcast, a friend of Medjugorje and Daniel Vision began to speak more about silver. Again, this is not in the context of Medjugorje, but this is just in the context of what is real value compared to what is not with value. And they both speak very, very important words, and they specifically call out one single country. Daniel Vision will pick up, followed by a friend of Medjugorje. Yeah, the silver market especially, I mean, you've got, it's, it's less than a tenth of investors. I'm not even talking about people. Just a tenth of investors buying into it. Silver also has a supply and demand issue. So even if this inflation wasn't going on, silver is a unique investment. Uh, Fifty years ago, we had 10 billion ounces of above-ground available silver. And because of government supply, we've been able to meet all this industrial man- demand from the West and now, you know, it's been estimated anywhere from 300 million ounces to a billion above ground uh, ounces of available silver. Um, and now you've got it, you know, that was just the West that consumed that. So now you've got the East, and the East is a lot bigger than the West population-wise. So silver especially, um, we're projecting for the inflationary scenario, silver to have a significant increase. Our long-term, going out way out, post-inflationary situation, we're projecting, and we're one of the few uh, projecting silver to be equal, if not more than gold per ounce. It's in the book. Ain't going to happen. Yeah, that's that's why it's. It, I mean, it's being consumed like crazy. It's, I mean, gold. If you look at the way gold consumed, and again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm a big buyer of gold, so don't don't take don't take these words wrong. Gold is roughly about about 95 percent of it is stored, hoarded, or you know, jewelry. Only five percent is really consumed for industrial man demand. Uh, silver. It's about 50% right now that's being consumed for industrial demand, and that's only going to grow. I mean, it just seems like every few months we find a new reason to have silver. I mean, you know, I know governments are talking about all this alternative energy. Well, in solar panels, they're using silver paste uh, for, the, for the reflectors. You know, silver's a catalyst for medicines, and I'm sure if you guys are talking about silver, you guys already all know this stuff. So silver is used for a lot of industrial purposes. I mean, it's, it's in our phones. It's in our computers. So there is silver everywhere, and a lot of people say, well, this silver is still there. The thing is, the silver is so small in an iPhone, um, it, it, it would be ridiculous. Silver would have to be north of, you know, $1,000, $2,000 an ounce for people to actually start breaking their iPhones out. And again, it's, it's, it's nothing compared to the amount of silver that the world needs. You can't just take all this junk silver in, they call, call it landfill silver, and, you know, save the system. I mean, the fact is that silver is just going – silver, in my opinion, is not an investment opportunity of a lifetime. It may be, right now, the best investment in human history. Amen. You know, we did a lot of research when I was putting together Ain't Gonna Happen, and we, we I put the book out in three months, which is very quick, because the amount of research that went into it, we didn't take what you're saying right now for granted that, that someone put that out or – or Monax or Comax or somebody who said something about silver. We went down to the root and did the research. What you're saying is completely accurate. We actually did a lot of research just to see how many cell phones are out there. We've got 4.1 billion cell phones. I think the date was up to last year. 
4.1 billion cell phones. And what I can remember is, I think in the book, there's 60 tons of silver that is gone forever. It disappears in the landfills. It is not coming back. So not only are we using it, we're actually destroying it. Yeah. And so, and this is the metal given to us by God. And so what does God think about this when our consumerism actually destroys something in the parabolic table? And not only that is God could have been sold for gold. He was sold for silver. So there's a lot of reasons to biblically look at silver. And it's a lot of reasons why we struck this round that we did. And why people, when they read the book, they get so excited about it because they, they realize this is the only safe haven you can go. We're telling people now, Daniel, to use it as a transitional thing because above silver is your own little plot. And yeah. it's something you can live by. That's that's the ultimate. That's the best gold and silver you can have. If you have excess, you'll get that. But transitioning until you can find that place or until that crashes and deflates, you can use these the, the silver for that. But everything you're saying about this, I know we even did research. We didn't trust what they said as far as the amount of silver that was available. I think we ended up with $700 million, our best research. And we were talking to people all across the world from England to wherever. And we wanted to go straight to fresh research. This is as accurate as you're going to find it. And it's very simple. We, we've got to act. We've got to get away from the system. You can hold on to silver. You can put that in your pocket. You can bury it in the backyard. You can do whatever you want to do with it. Hold it physically. And your 401Ks, all this, I don't know what y'all's direction is on that, but we're telling people just get out of it. Turn it. Take the hit. Take the penalty. My question to you is, do you agree with that? Our, our view is that you shouldn't put anything in them that, that you can't afford to lose because you, you don't know what's going to happen to those electronic um, investments because when you talk about holding gold and silver, uh, we believe that people should, of course, prepare food-wise, independence-wise, buy gold and silver. And then if you feel comfortable with how much gold and silver you physically have and you have excess wealth, you know, these are for wealthy people, you have excess wealth. And then you want to, you know, buy a mining stock or buy a, a utility company or something, then we would say, yeah, we can find some good ones, especially, you know, overseas. But typically for your average American, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to reach a level of comfort to have that gold and silver. But I mean, certainly if somebody's sitting on, you know, you know, 40,000 ounces of silver and 10,000 ounces of gold, and then they want to buy some stocks, they have some throwaway money or some gambling money, you know, then I would do it. But again, I, I look at it as really gambling money. Yeah, you could make a lot of money in the stock market, but you're right. There is no guarantees that the stock market's going to even be around. Correct. And so that's been our point. Why even do it? Even if you've got excess money, why even worry with it? It's been said that the plantations actually were one of the greatest economic successes there was as far as the way things work and people fed. Aside from the sin of slavery, uh, the system was, was a good system. You know, if you've got the means, you know, that should be an investment. Instead of stock markets, create a village. Let people live there. Let them grow, you know, not, not like the peasants, but you've got a system that you can eat because you can't get the cow. You can't grow the crops. You can't do everything yourself. You have to have other people. And that's what formed the early church, Christian community. So we're seeing this through the economic situation. People are already beginning to take those that we're urging people to, to form community. If you If you belong to a mega church... Find 10 families, there's praying families ready, willing to pray together every single day, start a structured prayer life, and, and build a life. Take all their assets, take what they've got, go buy 300 acres and build your little plot. Yeah. So a lot of things like that we've recommended. What does this mean, Daniel, to, uh, and maybe out of your field, but what, what does this mean, or have y'all looked at it from the angle of our national security? Oh, as far as national security with our currency? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we've left ourselves wide open. Um, the United States... 
China or any other country doesn't have to fire a bullet. Um, China could destroy this country overnight economically. And, uh, you know, we've, we've seen this before, actually, in this country. Uh, during the War of 1812, the uh, British were actually flooding uh, our economy with uh, counterfeit currency to create a hyperinflation situ- situ- scenario. And we actually did see that. We, we actually saw it in the Revolutionary War as well. British did the same thing. They would flood our economy with these fake paper uh, currency notes. And so, you know, China doesn't even have to fake it. China can just send the real deal back to America and flood this country with currency. And, and the Chinese are slowly doing it. They're exchanging their currency. They're buying real estate uh, all over this country. They're buying rights to oil wells. China is already dumping the currency and exchanging. You know, a lot of times Wall Street will say, look look at China there. It's a vote of confidence. They just invested in one of our banks. Look, the fact is, is China knows that they can have a paper currency or they can own a building uh, in New York. They can own a business in the United States. So, in my opinion, it's not a vote of confidence. The Chinese are buying this place up, uh, dumping their dollars, and no one even is recognizing it. And there's not one news station talking about it. But here, um, you know, in Southern California, we've got stories about people uh, in, from China are coming on buses. And they're taking them on these foreclosure tours, and they're buying up California real estate. Mm. You know, when it comes to national security, we've left ourselves wide open. How are we going to ever tell China, you know, hey, this is where we draw the line? China can dump our currency anytime they want, and we won't be able to deal with anything internationally, much less secure our own borders. We'll be dealing with internal um, chaos because of a currency collapse. Well, this transfer of wealth is incredible. We we really don't produce anything per se. I know we've got a Mercedes Benz, and Alabama's become a, a state of automobile manufacturing. Aside from those few things, though, across this land, and Alabama really actually economically is better off than most states in, in the nation. But aside from that, this transfer of wealth. I mean, China telling their people to buy silver, buy gold. Our people don't have. We're so conditioned to buy stocks and paper, buy silver through paper. We don't hold anything. And we've got to realize that you have to have wealth yourself. You've got to be able to grow your food. You've got to be able to create what you need to create from your ground and be independent, like Thomas Jefferson said. That's that's your only homeland security. Otherwise, nothing else is going to work because something's going to happen. We can't, we can't avoid this. We can't pass laws. We can't legislate. We can't spend our way out of it. We're on a collision course, or you might want to say we're on the train track, and it's coming down there, and you're tied to the train track. You've got to get as far from the dollar as possible. There's no other way. Daniel? Yeah, no, I totally agree. The dollar is it's, it's trash. It's done. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, you're playing musical chairs at this point if you're holding any of the U.S. currency. You know, people talk about, people try to, the media tries to scare people saying, Gold's a bubble, or George Soros will come out and say gold's a bubble while, while he's buying gold. The central Tons. banks are buying gold. You know, I have a story that I just heard last night from my mother-in-law. She uh, she works for a, mm-hmm. a, a Christian school, a private school, and they're doing a fundraiser to take the kids on a field trip. And they had a We Buy Gold guy that was at that school, and the parents brought in their gold and silver. And you know what he was giving them for an ounce of gold? Was giving them a hundred and forty bucks for an ounce of gold. Wow! And this just isn't—I'm just using the school as an example, but this is nationwide. Um, you know, people are selling gold. These we buy gold places for ten cents on the dollar. 
that is the exact opposite of a bubble. Anybody telling you that we're in a bubble, they're, they're, they're either completely ignorant or they're lying to you because it can't possibly be in a bubble when bubbles require massive public participation. The public participation is selling gold, not buying gold. The whole thing is a deception. It's an illusion. We, we just kid ourselves if we think. I, I cringe when I talk to vendors that come to our mission or we have paper being delivered, tractor trailer, paper, and they say, well, you know, we, you know it's going to recover next year. Where are, what are you thinking? And, and the problem is, is that they're not. They're so used to being told these things and believe it from the government or, or the school or the universities or whatever. That this, is, this system is going to recover. It ain't going to happen. That's why we named this book. It's not going to happen. I mean, the thing is, what most people have been living in this illusion for so long, they actually think they live in normal. Uh, first of all, look at the debt increase of people. People were borrowing. We've been borrowed, borrowing our prosperity for, for decades now, since the early 80s. Uh, we've had this baby boomer generation, this huge generation that was able to enter the economy and spend. And you know what? That huge generation is now retiring. Not only are they cutting back spending, but now they want the entitlements. So... We're going to see a massive wave of entitlement spending. And the biggest thing people need to consider is that prior to 1971, the world, human history, always had some type of attachment to a commodity-based currency. So whether it was the last millennium, which gold and silver dominated, or prior to that where people would trade a, you know, an ox for food or something like that, we have always been able to trade something real for something real when it comes to goods and services. Only since 1971 has the entire world been on a fiat currency experiment where when we trade goods and services, we are literally trading it for something that has no inherent value, no real value. The only value in it is that everybody has come to the agreement and said, this is going to be worth something. But it doesn't have an actual value. So we are on a fiat currency experiment. And just to let people know, individual countries, there's been over 3,800 fiat currencies. Every single one of those fiat currencies, they're, they're gone. They're zero now. They're, we're not worth anything. Well, this time the whole world went on a fiat currency system. So, you know, people have, can look at history like the Weimar Republic. That was one nation. Try the whole world. You know, it's, uh, fiat currencies last from 30 to 50 years. We're in year 42. That don't mean we're going to go to 50. It means we're volatile. We have, we, uh, I was saying last week on our show, uh, we were talking to a Chicago trader, and he says, every one of the criteria for a crash has been met. The only thing that has perplexed him is why it hasn't happened. So it's by the grace of God we're continuing, people. I'm absolutely 100% convinced God is allowing us to crash and then bounce back up to give the believers, give people that's got some goodwill be able to position themselves or go in transition or get get yourself or whatever or your plot of land for this because it'd be cruel even though we deserve it by the morality of the world right today. Nobody can make it because just as Daniel just said, the whole world's on this system. And when that happens, so integrated, China, I think back in the back of their mind knows that if they do do this, then this, this, they're undoing too to, to a lot of degree. I just read China and Germany and a couple of other countries were so mad at what they just did, the feds. And they said, they complained, the quote was, they're destroying the American model. So even though they may not like us, they know this is the model and we're so stupid and they want us to have destruction, they know it's their destruction too. Disintegration causes that. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's, it's unfortunate because 
when it comes to awareness, Americans really are the caboose. Um, Amen. Amen. You know, uh, the rest of the world, like you said, China is buying gold. They're encouraging their citizens to buy gold. In Mumbai, they've already introduced a private gold and silver currency that taxi cab drivers, business owners, everybody's using. But when it comes to Americans, we are stuck in this, like, you know, you look at the end of Rome, where it was kind of like everybody was obsessed with circuses and, and gladiators. Americans are, t- are, are have permanent entertainment. I mean, whether it's, it doesn't matter old or young, whether they're listening to music at the grocery store shopping or listening to music in the car or coming home to watch TV, Americans are just involved, just being entertained. We are just permanent. We're in a permanent entertainment status. Pleasure. And the rest of the world is preparing for the inevitable. And so this was a friend of Medjugorje and Daniel Vision from 10 years ago, November the 11th, 2010. And in the context of today, a friend of Medjugorje will share with us how we are to take what we've heard today and to put it into life for what it means for us in this time. We've heard everything Daniel talked about so far, and he warned about the danger of hyperinflation, which can change everything overnight. If you remember when Corona first hit last March, there was a run on silver. People saw what could happen, and they decided to do something that would make them feel safe. That's what happens when you act in fear. But sometimes fear is a good motivation. Even though Our Lady says, do not be afraid. But through prayer, let it be an incentive. Daniel said that we have the convenience of the grocery store, but that's not always going to be there. I've been saying this for a long time. When we first started growing our herd of cows and getting our pigs 25 years ago or so, I told the community that it was not necessarily cheaper for us to raise our own food. But now today, 2021, it's cheaper for us. When we broke the dependency of the grocery store and we got more efficient, now it pays off for us. Far cheaper than going to the grocery store. To the Corona Vision, it always takes more to start up than once you're running a green system. One thing that Daniel said, quote, expand your pantry by 10 times. And I recommend that to you right now, immediately. What have you experienced this year with the Corona? You see the straining of the grocery store supply? And when those supplies went short, what happened? People began to run. They wanted to stock up on the toilet paper and sanitizers. But this is nothing compared to a real drastic change of life that Our Lady has been leading us to for a long time, to bring us back to the soil, back to dependence on God. What we have to remember is God does not strike us all at once. He wants to save us. Scripture tells us that God always gives warnings before he acts. All the indicators are there today. And if you don't see it, if that's not motivating you to make changes in your life, you're not praying. You're not listening to the messages. You're not looking at the signs of the times. We're pretty much in a one-year anniversary of the coronavirus hitting. It's time, it's the moment we need to reflect and what God has been trying to tell us all this past year. And remember, our lady's words of January 25th, 2021. This is a time of awakening. When she said that sentence, she's talking to a people who are asleep. 
Otherwise, why would she say this is a time of awakening? What are we supposed to awaken to what? The old life is passing away. The new life is dawning. We are waking up to a new life that's coming. Whether or not you believe it, or if you doubt it, or you question it, doesn't matter. You're not controlling the clock. God is. And the clock is about time. So when a lady says, this is my time, and she said in the January 25th message, this is a time of awakening. A lady also said, you are not time's master. Reflect on all these things. And so before the broadcast ends tonight, we do want to jump back to something that a friend of Medjugorje spoke about 10 years ago. A lot of people were taking their wealth and preserving it, and he spoke about how important it was to support the hand that feeds you. And so here's a friend of Medjugorje from November the 11th, 2010. You don't want to bite the hand that feeds you. Proverbial, that's, that's the truth. Why do you do that? People have been for years benefiting spiritually from this mission. They profited from that. And now they've profited physically from what we're revealing to them and showing them through what our latest messages have shown us. Tithing is the last thing you would stop. It's the first thing you would go to to do. And it was your action. If you're not tithing, you need to do that. This mission has a lot to say and a lot to do. And in the coming months and years, a lot of information to give you direction. People change your life in accord to everything we've been talking about today. And by doing that, that has come as a result of this mission's existence. Don't think we don't need those funds to be able to be here next week for you. And Our Lady has established conduits all over the world through our messages to let people know the times we're in. She says, look at the signs of the times and to, to walk us through this. And many have told us through the years we're the lifeline for them. And they wait for the mailbox for in anticipation of what's coming to them because they guide their whole life by it. And so there's a few missions in the world, a few things in the world where People literally live and take in their life and put it in their life. It, you know, it's one thing to say an opinion, but when you have something coming from heaven giving you this information, you do that. And it has to be supported. And so, again, that was a friend of Medjugorje from 10 years ago speaking about the importance of giving to the mission that is giving to you and that is helping people to make the right decisions for the present and for the future. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje to conclude tonight's broadcast. So all this is a lot to chew on. And if you can swallow it, can you digest it? We've been eating from a culture, feasting on things that is choking us. And for what we did swallow, scriptures relays, it's sweet on the tongue, but sour in the stomach. Turn the direction of your life around. The steps you must take is to preserve your wealth somehow. It's not going to happen in the bank accounts, cryptocurrency, stock markets, 401ks, life insurance, all these things. You take what you can, put it in what you can preserve, which is the miraculous metal Medjugorje round. Better than that is get to your ground as fast as you can. And what I've always said, get your food to your mouth as quick as possible. At the same time, don't panic. Be praying. But be moving in the right direction. We're praying for you. We issue Our Lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the radio wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.